Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. A warning, before we go any further in this story, this episode does have the word fuck in it, so if anybody has a problem with that, they should probably fuck right off. Shoes. If you're lucky enough to own a pair, you know how great they can be. Wearing shoes instead of going barefoot through, for instance, plague puddles can feel, well, exhilarating. Whether they're purchased, stolen, or wished for, shoes are a prized commodity. But not all shoes are created equal. Nor, it seems, are the cobblers that fashion them. From Black Forest Public Radio, it's The Grim Life, distributed by Howl FM. We are the Sisters Grim. Today, these shoes are killing me. A story about a stubborn craftsman doing what he loves best, making magic shoes that maim and murder. We'll also be hearing from his detractors, a woman who hates shoes, and creatures who've encountered his dubious footwear firsthand. Stay with us. Shouldn't it be first foot? That's not a word. Well, all right. And you are? A hair shoemaker. And ju- uh, just f- for our listeners, it's H-A-I-R. That's your first name. Yeah, let's not make a big deal out of it. My first name's Hair, like H-A-I-R, all right? My parents were both barbers. And you are a shoemaker. Yes. So I changed my last name, all right? Let's not make a big deal out of it. Oh, so originally your name was Hair Barber? Yes. Where I'm from, your last name is the name of the profession that your parents have. For those of you unfamiliar with Herr Schumacher's work, he is best known for the red-hot iron shoes that killed Snow White's evil stepmother. But does he feel any remorse? Uh, They were red-hot, and she burned her feet in them until she died. That's horrible. That's horrifying. Hey, look, I'm just a guy doing a job. You know what I mean? I'm just a guy doing a job. Why, Why did you choose shoes as a profession? Why not woodworking or... You could have been hair carpenter or hair dancer. Because when I was a little kid, my dad used to throw his shoes at me, and it was the only love he showed me. So I wanted to be a shoemaker so that other kids could have the same kind of childhood that I had. Okay, we get the why, but what about the how? How does a person become a magical shoemaker? Uh, well, there's a couple steps you take. First, you got to go to school. Not the kind of school you're thinking of. You got to go to special school. But first, you got to go to regular school. So it's like you go to regular school for so many years, just like everybody else. And then if you have a capacity, it's like a secret society. They find you one night, they throw a black pillowcase over your head, and they take you to a tree stump. And then that's when they tell you what the next step is to become a cobbler. What's the next step? You just go to a school. You get another degree. Yeah, you, you stay right there at that tree stump for years and they teach you how to make any kind of shoe that would ever come in.
So what's the pair of shoes that you feel like you're most proud of making? That old lady's house. You mean the old woman who lived in a shoe? Yeah. Is there not another one that someone else could live in? She ordered a second one, but I forget what happened at the end of her story, but it didn't end well. So she never came she never came to pick it up. Too many children, she didn't know what to do. Oh, did they all they ate her? Wait, they ate her? I don't know how the story goes. But what not, did you do with the second shoe? Oh, I lived in it for like six months and now I sublet it to my uncle. Herr Schumacher takes pride in being a self-made man. However, recent accusations suggest that might not be the case. Multiple reports of uh, overworked elves, underpaid, uh, coming in from, from Elfland, not having any other place to work. Say that you just are asleep and they make the shoes for you. Elves make my shoes when I'm sleeping. I can't believe you would ask. They do not make my shoes. I make my shoes. And fuck that. The one time, I'm one time I fell asleep in the middle of the day. And when I woke up, my whole shop was clean. When I looked over the door, there was a whole family of elves. So you want to talk about breaking laws? You want to talk about people doing things they're not supposed to do? Imagine your fucking life. You are just went to for a midsummer's nap. And then you wake up. And a whole family of elves is sitting at your table. And what exactly do elves have to say in their defense? All we're looking for is more visibility. It just seems that cobblers like Herr Schumacher are just able to get away with elf murder. When we exit the underground hovels where we live and into the pipes of homes, we're just looking for a better life that evening. Sometimes we break into people's houses, but it's always for their good. We just want to help people. Sometimes we clean. Sometimes we make food. Sometimes we whisper into babies' ears so they become Satan's helpers. Look how cute we are. Why would anybody murder us? I love making shoes. One, two, three. I love making shoes. And whispering in the ears of babies. So these uh, elves you're saying... Uh, broken entered into your house illegally yeah. and what did you do then? I held them hostage in my house until I could make 12 pairs of tiny hot shoes and then I made them all dance in those shoes until they died. We love to dance. <laughs> you cannot come into a, a man's house and clean it up. That's all they did. They just cleaned it. They didn't steal anything or make any shoes. And your conscience is clean? You don't feel any guilt for no. killing 12 little elves? I don't feel bad at all. You Have you ever seen that many elves at one time? Well, I woke up and they were all staring at me. We came to northern France for the promise of work and hospitable people. But it turns out that bigots like Herr Schumacher think that they can just get away with... Monsieur Herr Schumacher. Thank you, Monsieur Herr Schumacher. Can get away with murder by setting our feet on fire and making us dance. What a silly name! <laughs> we can understand how some people might feel uneasy around elves, though, as their whispers turn babies into demons. Again, to be clear, we only sometimes steal baby souls. Most of the time, we just clean, clean, clean. Clean, 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 clean. We like clean, 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 and make cookies. How could anybody bring themselves to torture something that is so adorable? The amount of fear that I felt was unbelievable.
and yet you restrained them and kept them in your home until you were able to make 12. Yeah, it took two and a half weeks. So you were so scared that you kept the thing that you're so afraid of in your home for 12 and a half weeks while you worked in peace. Well, I wasn't in peace. They were. I put them in the chimney. I opened up the flue, and I put them in the chimney, and I put a stopper in the top like it was a bottle of champagne, and they stayed in there for two and a half weeks, and they screamed and cried, and, and I... So to say that I was working in peace would be inaccurate because I had to go over and give them water and little scraps of bread. If he was so That's scared, why not let them go? Or just let them die in the chimney like so many elves do? Why take the time to make shoes to kill them? I'm a cobbler, not a dead elf removal service. I wouldn't know how to remove a dead elf if I tried. If they didn't use their little legs to walk out of there, how would I know how to get them out? A net? You could have asked Alfred, dead elf remover. He lives down the street from you. It's his job. I told that bastard, don't ever come near my house again, because he bit my dog. He bit my dog. He said that my dog bit him, and it's not true. But what of the moral implications of making dangerous shoes? I don't really think about it. I'm just a guy who's doing a job. I don't ever think about morals. I don't go to church. I don't like people who go to church. I don't like anyone who wears a dress too many days a week or puts on a suit to try to impress someone and be someone that they're not. And yet you also made uh, Princess Cinderella's shoes. Yeah, of course I did. You come into my shoemaking place, and I don't call it a cobble shop because that is boring, and I'm cool. I change my name, I don't call my place a cobbler place, I call it. Did he ever question where those shoes were going? Was he curious who would order slippers made of glass? Someone came in, some fucking guy, comes into my shop and says, make a good pair of shoes for my friend and her mice, and I just did it. Shoe-related deaths in this country have really run rampant and obviously there are cases when when shoes have done good cinderella's shoes obviously for one uh i would say puss in boots's boots which you also made, I made those did boots, they make yeah. the cat sentient or did was it an, a sentient cat that had boots on oh, that's a great question that fucking cat came into my shop dancing from minute one i didn't fuck i mean i made him a nice pair of shoes but he wanted shoes and he was already a, a fully magical cat mm. Puss in Boots is here. I can walk, I can talk, I can sing and dance, and I can play the trumpet like nobody's business, baby. He came in with a little fucking trumpet, and he said, I want a new pair of shoes. And he wasn't nice about it. He treated me like garbage. Oh, I hate that motherfucker, baby. He's so rude, and I hear he kills elves in his chimney. Is that true? Of course, that's just a story I heard while traveling the world in my big old hot air balloon, swashbuckling all sorts of evil kings, baby. Y'all want to hear a trumpet solo? Everyone comes in my shoe shop. They want something special. They don't treat me nice in any way. They treat me like just a piece of dirt. Why are you nice to them? I'm not not nice to them. When they come into my shoemaking shop, I'm not not nice, but I'm not overly nice. What's your favorite pair of shoes that you've ever made? I made a pair of shoes. I'll never forget these shoes. They're not even the most famous shoes that I ever made. And they were for the wolf that ate Little Red Riding Hood. Again, no remorse, just a commitment to quality. If you want to make a wolf, go 
comfortable. It's very hard to make shoes for a wolf. So what you're saying is you aided and abetted in the capture and attempted murder through eating of, of a grandmother and a young granddaughter. I don't know what she did after she left my shop, but she said, you give me some shoes. I'm hungry for a little girl. And honestly, I would never refuse service to someone who needs shoes. And if she's hungry for a little girl, who am I to say she's actually going to eat that little girl? As a shoemaker, I don't police people's minds. Although the shoes were not in themselves inherently dangerous, the wolf did end up dying. Where are they now? After the wolf was killed by that huntsman. Where oh, the they're in my shop. I go to the funeral and get the shoes. I'll take their body out of the casket after the family leaves. And I'll take the shoes back. I put them in a one. I use one shoebox for all the dead people's shoes, so you know it doesn't get contaminated. And then when they get when I get back into the shop, I put them up on the mantle. I have to build a new fireplace once every two or three years because all the the shoes I made for people that died. Well, you, all the shoes that you made that killed people. What? You said people that died, but all the shoes you made that killed people. Listen, what happens to the shoes after they leave my shop is not up to me. So if I give you a red hot pair of shoes and you say, I'm going to put these on someone and they have to dance until they die, what am I supposed to do? Not make the shoes? Yeah. I have to live. Others feel differently. Or shoes, yes, sure. Um, but the shoes that our founding fathers wore were very different than the very dangerous and technologically advanced shoes that we have now. Meet Sylvia. She's an anti-shoe protester, meaning she's anti-shoes, not anti-those who dislike shoes. That's right. I don't wear shoes. I don't um, support shoes. I am firmly anti-shoe. That's right, yeah. Instead of shoes, what do you wear on your feet? Um, I wear what's called Vibram Five Fingers. Uh, it looks like a little glove, but for your feet. And they're designed for runners, actually. It's, so it's a big glove, it's not like a, a little glove. It's like a big glove for your foot. Yeah. So why did you say it was a little glove? Um, they're just like, um, well, I guess a little compared to, I've seen like giant gloves. So You're, you just compare. seem so inconsistent. I'm not inconsistent. My viewpoint is very, very consistent, okay? Don't believe that shoes are something that everyone needs to own. So it's a large glove for a human, but for a giant, it might be uh, regular to small. Size. I would say it's small for a giant. For a human, it's just regular foot size. And are you a giant? I'm not a giant, but I have. But you uh, said they were little. I, you know what? I'm putting myself into. I'm capable of putting myself into the into other people's point of view all the time. I don't know if you are, but um, I've met a lot of giants. I have a lot of giants who are some of my closest friends are giants, and so in a giant's eyes, my vibram five fingered foot glove um would be small. So that's why I said that. So I don't know. Maybe you don't have any giant friends, but I do. Um, because I don't discriminate. To me, it's common. It's just common sense. Shoe laws is what we need. All right, no shoes unless you are properly trained and qualified to wear them. So what you're trying to say is you're trying to take away our shoes. I okay. I'm not trying to take away your shoes. I think you some people right will go barefoot shoes. now in if protest against shoe trained, violence. If you're a what do you have to say to those people? I would say that I'm the greatest cobbler of all time. 
I'm the greatest cobbler of all time. I've made many magnificent shoes that have been on the on the feet of some of the most famous and infamous people that this world has ever known. Hot shoes, cold shoes, big shoes, small shoes. I've made all of them. And I am going to make shoes great again. So for my kids, they'll never have to wake up from a midsummer's nap and find a whole family of elves on their belly just having cleaned their house. My kids will never have to go through that. They'll never have to put a family of elves into a chimney. Did you know that a suspected treasonous throne naysayer can buy shoes, even if his name is on a national registry, that he is anti-king? What what sense is that? that In our country, the laws are so lax that even a talking cat can buy a pair of shoes. They can buy boots which only a knight should be wearing boots, okay? Those are, boots are heavy duty. They don't belong in the hands of normal civilians, okay? They belong in the hands of the king's torturers. You know, only the king's torturers are qualified to use shoes that we have now. There's recently been some controversy surrounding Herr Schumacher's business. Of course, he's fighting back, placing flyers all over town, and they say, shoes don't kill people, people kill people. If everyone else at that wedding had a pair of red hot shoes, that queen would have never died. If you had a red hot shoe right now and someone came in here with red hot shoes. You're saying that if someone shows up with the intention of making me wear red hot shoes, my defense is make them wear red hot shoes that I have on my person. And that's diplomacy. That's diplomacy. That's another thing I went to school for. As much as we'd like to follow his reasoning with respect to everyone having danger shoes. Uh, I don't call them danger shoes. All right, fine. Weaponized shoes. No, they're just shoes. We wonder what Snow White's stepmother, who burned alive, feet first, would say to that. She didn't come correct in life, and she acted badly towards her daughter. She sent some guy out into the woods and said, kill this girl and I want to eat her lungs. You're crying that she died? No. But this shoe-based violence affects one group in particular more than any other, stepmothers. Part of what I think about stepmothers is, what are they hiding? Did you have a stepmother? Yeah, I had a stepmother. She was trying to steal my father's love, and I didn't get any. And is your stepmother still in your life? She passed away in a horrible accident. With shoes? Yes. You killed your stepmother. I didn't say that. You said that. And no one will ever be able to prove that. I think you just admitted to it, though. Oh, really? You don't think she could jump into the top of that big shoe when I was building it and a crane could crush her by accident? Is that what happened? That's what they tell me. I was off site that day. But I will say, I will say, before she was killed, I said, relax, go into the shoe. No one's working on it today. She's alive. What? She's alive. What do you mean she's alive? Your stepmother did not die in that giant shoe. She is alive. There is no way she could have survived. If she's alive, she's very disabled. She was so good and pure that the angels had pity on her and she was resurrected. No, no, no. Everyone knows stepmothers are not pure enough to be resurrected by an angel. Is there anything you'd like to say to her on air? Yeah, I think you're an asshole and... There's no way she got saved by an angel because when I was little, she tucked me into bed one night and she said, just so you know, I don't even love your father. I fucked an angel. I don't believe you. You, Well, I didn't believe it either. Imagine being a five-year-old kid and tucked warm in your bed and your stepmother whispers in your ear, 
I fucked an angel. Literally or just spiritually? I'm a five-year-old kid. I can't ask questions. I don't even understand the mechanics of intercourse at that time. And she just whispered in my ear for weeks on end, I fucked an angel. Wait, over and over again? She did this more than one time? Yeah, she did it more than once. And no one believed me. Are you sure she didn't just kiss an angel? No. I remember in my ear she whispered. Hugged an angel? No, she hated hugs. Loved an angel? I tucked an angel into bed. I don't think so. You being that happy. I honestly considered for one second that you might be right that she said I tucked an angel into bed and then kissed me because she did kiss my forehead every time she said it. I'm pretty sure still to this day that she would whisper in my ear, I fucked an angel and then kiss my forehead. She was an evil woman. Tell me about your father. What do you remember of him? The thing that everyone remembers about my dad, if you bring up my dad's name, people, I know this is like, maybe this is like too much armchair psychology, but if you bring up my dad, people will talk about how long his hair was. That's it? That's the only nice thing that people can say about it? Well, yeah. He was a great guy, but his main thing in life was having very long hair. So when you're picturing it right now, you're just picturing maybe like a long ponytail. No, his entire body was a braid. So when he died, he caught on fire and he, he went up just like a corn cob. He, he burned on fire so quickly because he was almost all hair. And how did he set on fire? If you don't mind me asking, I hope it's not too sensitive. No, it's not too sensitive. I think it's a pretty well-known story. He, um, he was a volunteer firefighter, and he was fighting a fire in a barn. If my dad saw a barn on fire, he would jump right inside it. That fire that robbed Herr Schumacher of his paternal love, turns out, was set by accident during one of Herr's first cobbling experiments. How did you know that? We... We talked to your stepmother told us you that angel fucker that's exactly what i didn't want her to do she told me we can have one secret as mother and son and that was gonna be the only one that we had the very first time that i tried to make hot shoes i set a fire and i didn't do it in our barn i did it in a barn that was down the street so that my dad wouldn't come running but as soon as he smelled smoke that was one of the most annoying things about my dad. If he ever smelled smoke, he would run until he found where the fire was. And when I made those first pair of hot shoes, he ran to my neighbor's barn and it was on fire and he jumped in it. And that's how he died. And it's my fault. So some people might say that I have a black heart, but I don't think so. I loved my dad, but I was trying to be my own person. And I was in that barn trying to forge my own craft because I didn't want to be a barber. I didn't want to be a giant braid like my dad. Monsieur Shoemaker, thank you so much. Monsieur Herr Shoemaker. Monsieur Herr Shoemaker. Stop giggling at that. It's my name. Monsieur Herr Schumacher's pursuit to become his own man, to become the best cobbler in Northern Europe, ended up costing him his father's life, his morality, and even his humanity. These sacrifices have warped the once fragile, bright, young boy into a gnarled and craven craftsman, taking any job, no matter whom he may hurt, no matter whose life may be destroyed. All in a day's work. Shoes. Shoes. Oh my God, shoes. I'm still gonna wear shoes though. 
We first aired this story back in 2008. Since then, unfortunately for Herr Schumacher, one of his witch clients was unhappy with his work and cursed him into a shoe himself. He is now a walking shoe. So we're playing this episode again in his honor. Thank you very much. This episode of The Grim Life was created by Siobhan Thompson and Anna Rubinova. It was edited by Adam Bozarth and Anna Rubinova. These Shoes Are Killing Me featured Paul Welsh as Herr Schumacher, Laura Wilcox as Sylvia, and Adam Bozarth as Puss in Boots. The Grim Life is a left-handed radio quality product, a Howl original, and a production of Midroll Media. Hello, it's the Sisters Grimm. Thank you so much for listening to our show on Howl. Check back next week for the next episode. But in the meantime, there is a lot of other stuff on here that we think that you would like. Such as the mysterious secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium. A ridiculously funny show starring Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. In it, he plays a ship commander on a mission to find a plant known to be the very source of pleasure in the world. Which I think is just called marijuana. Or check out Fruit from Issa Rae. Fruit is about a pro football player named X on a journey of self-discovery and sexual exploration, both on and off the field. And then it says ad-lib here, but I don't know what, what that means. Uncle Bertie and Fruit are only available right here on Howl Premium. Check them out today. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que no está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hold on, Spanish, Spanish Aki Presents. Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.